Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Left Media Podcast. We're your host, I'm Mitchell. And I'm Mike. And today we're going to be reviewing the film The Death of Stalin, and we've also got special guests uh, from the podcast Proles of the Roundtable. How y'all doing? Doing good. Yeah. Doing awesome, thank you. Excited to be here. Not yeah. excited to watch that goddamn movie. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for having Absolutely. us on. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was hard to get through, but uh, but we all managed to brave it, um, and and we came out uh, hopefully better better human beings because of it. Probably, <laughs> yeah. probably not. But or maybe for the like for the things that it forced us to. Uh, yeah. It had to endure, push yeah. through that pain. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think I found out who I was watching this. Film. <laughs> <laughs> I I just became more of an alcoholic. <laughs> It's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> Works. Well, yeah, we're uh, we're we're huge fans of your podcast, and uh, y'all just uh, drop so much knowledge and and uh, just just make it a, a, a really interesting listen. It I I I love y'all's podcast more than I can say, it, and uh, I'm I'm super excited to have y'all on. Make us yeah, cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're excited to be here, and we also love yours. Yeah, I love the analyses. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank yeah, you, th- thank you so much. Uh, I, I pay a lot more attention to colors now when watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that that always it, it always strikes me. You love use some color contrast, but but I, I did. Uh, I, I listened to uh, the 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 fall of the USSR episode uh, of yours, and I really loved that. Um, yeah. I learned a lot from it. And thank you. Uh, thank you want to know? Still, you want to know what the runtime was before I edited it? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Three hours and 52 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were getting exhausted towards the end. It was, <laughs> well, I would have happily listened to the, uh, <laughs> the director's cut. Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a really fun out. episode, and, and we enjoyed it. Yeah. You want to put out a director's cut one day? I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, my, uh, I, I guess my two favorites were... Um, the, the the Soviet space one and then Ooh, the, yeah. the CyberSyn project with I, I've always ever since uh, Brett did his episode on on Chile and and whatnot I've I've just become very sympathetic towards uh, Allende and and yeah. uh, that that whole tragedy and and uh, so anything that comes out on on Chile during Allende's time is is already going to be fascinating and then I had no idea about this the the, the CyberSyn neither did I Ethan yeah. Ethan is like a well of of Little known knowledge. He's yeah. he's great to have on. Ethan's a pro, awesome. like finding the weird stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that was all of that was just amazingly fascinating. And and if any of our listeners haven't uh, listened to to any of the episodes that we've we've uh, we've talked about, go listen to them. Uh, you you certainly won't be disappointed. They're they're all great for sure. And I and I also you know I just go to the uh, like the fall of the USSR. Uh, I, I go to the the show notes and uh, and I saw that Grover Fur and uh, for Khrushchev lied and uh, which I've read some of but not all of yet uh, and then socialism betrayed were two things that you cited so that kind of mm-hmm. gave me like uh, uh, additions to my reading list. So. Oh heck yeah, socialism betrayed is is extremely digestible and an amazing read. Gro- Grover Fur is harder to read. Um, but he he, cite, that. he cites so heavily that it's you can always trace his information back. So if you're like, you know, because a lot of people that's the criticism of Fur is that he you know is uh, a Stalinist unabashedly, and um, 
but you can trace all of his sources back to their origin and it's a great it's a great place to go for information. It's not necessarily a fun read per se. <laughs> right. We've at least watched uh some of his um I guess college speeches that so, he's so his like lectures he's got. Right, yeah. We I we, don't know. They're just I think one of them was a uh, he went it might have been in a bookstore. Uh, one of them might have been, but also uh, one of them was um, somewhere I can't remember. But it was he was talking to a, like an international communist party or something. That's and, right. That's and right. In another yeah, country. I don't remember where though. We've uh, we've we've watched some videos on them, and uh, they they were fascinating in themselves. So uh, mm-hmm. any any additional reading material is is always welcome and and certainly. Uh, All right. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do y'all, y'all want to talk a little bit about the film now? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we can talk about us for the next hour and a half. <laughs> That's good too. That's good too. And uh, before we before we go uh, go into that, go ahead and did, did everybody introduce themselves? Yeah, no, we did. Or, yeah, uh, what do you want to say? Just introductions. You want like uh, ideology or? Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want. It's going to get really repetitive. Really it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think ideology is important. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, I'm 8Hop. Uh, Not his real name. Yeah. <laughs> no, it totally is, actually. Shockingly. Like, yeah, nice try. It. Yeah. <laughs> His parents hated him. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm Jeremy. Yep. I'm Justin. I'm Ezra. And we're proles. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh, all Marxist Leninists. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Sounds good. Um, so, for this film, something I noticed, you know, uh, initially was like uh, the visual aspect. I thought that was something that, you know, I, I, as I was getting through the film, I was trying to kind of separate my my politics or what was difficult for me about the film from the actual, maybe the art, you know, sure, of the sure. film itself. Um, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it was it was not uh, not an easy thing to do, but uh, it was a little bit of a challenge. But uh, I think you know overall, I think it had some humor. I think it was paced decently. Yeah, yeah. Started slow. Um, the politics of replacing Stalin picked up. You know that was uh, that helped the pace a lot. I think there were uh, there was a lot of great acting, which we'll delve into here in just a second. Um, and you know. Other than the a, a lot of just you know mischaracterizations, I think that that you know there were some things about the film technically that I can appreciate um, in the in the kind of visual cinematography directing uh, and even like the set design and costume design uh, categories. I thought everything looked great. I thought everything was really you know again I don't have um, a, a whole lot of background on how accurate everything was even as far as like the uh the look but uh i, I think the casting of stalin was a little strange mm-hmm. it, yes it was very awkward <laughs> yeah, they, they made him like a it, he seemed like a character in like a british gangster film like i was expecting like a guy Ritchie soundtrack to kick off at any moment and like doors to be kicked open or something i don't know on the, on the cinematography I, I would like to add that it, it well, it had some merits. <clears throat> that was painful to say. Um, it, to me, the 
the camera work was like it was like if they made the Blair Witch Project into a <laughs> 1980s anti-communist propaganda film. That's kind of what how it felt to me. The cameras were jerky. It was very like it, it felt very much like there was just you know, some yeah some person like running around with a camera. It, yeah, it couldn't really figure out if it wanted to be like a comedy or uh, like a, a serious you know yeah. recreation or something like that. Like, we'll get well, to the I, I saw that it was supposed to be. It, it was kind of labeled as as black comedy or, or right. dark comedy right. or, or right. whatever. But uh, like it, some of that only came through in 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 um, certain moments. It, it 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 mainly felt like kind of a serious approach, and, yeah. and yeah. some yeah. of the dark comedy just got lost I, on. I think that was part of the. That was one of the big misses. Is that in in its attempt at being serious, a lot of its jokes were just really Cringy. gross. So yeah. gross, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, I, and I agree about the, the cinematography as far as the the kind of um, the motion of the camera. I, I kind of took it as there's an urgency about it all, you know. Uh, I yeah. sensed that in the acting, in the, in the dialogue, in the cinematography. Uh, there was a lot of nervous energy and sure. I think I don't I don't know how purposeful that was. Well, I, I think uh, if you look at this as sort of one, you know, this is everybody being panicky and nervous under the the watchful eye of Stalin. Uh, but then also <laughs> the the chaos that emerged after his death, and nobody knows what to do at this point. I suppose it's a it, it falls in line with that, yeah. assuming that that is your perspective. But, right. Sure, right. but of course that could be giving them way too much credit. So. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> But just put it out there. Uh, but I, 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 yeah, I feel you. Um, so, is there anything you know in particular about the visual, the cinematography, the directing, the costume, the set design that felt particularly good or accurate uh, to the time? Or um, what, what do y'all think about that overall? Before we move on, um, the visuals. I mean, as far as like the set design stuff, it seems accurate. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm no expert on, you know, 1950s Soviet Union dress aesthetic. or aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, it seemed accurate to what. It was good know, enough, you yeah, know. Yeah, good enough. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, and then what were the other categories you said? Uh, yeah, well, this is just kind of general, uh, you know, visual. And, and it's it's packing a lot in that. But uh, I just didn't know if there was anything y'all wanted to cover that was visual uh, before we moved on. But I I thought the, uh, you know, even, even if you uh, – um, we, we, we looked up a couple of the, the photos of, uh, you know, to, to, to even see like what they were wearing at the time. And, yeah, yeah. um, it was pretty good, you know, I thought it was pretty good. So I, in the, in the very like tragic scene that we'll get into the veracity of later, uh, as the, as the common proles are leaving Stalin's funeral and trying to leave Moscow, that was a pretty like visually interesting scene. All That's the red true. banners and the like, you know, all that. Yeah, you know, I'm like yeah. unable to divorce my politics from my opinion of the yeah. movie. So it was so hard to like just sit back and be like, all right, let me look at this from like a watcher's perspective. But, right. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, yeah, it's a it's a challenge, you know. Every time we do that, I'm I'm not able either. I just try, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, um, And this one, this one uh, certainly was was more difficult than probably any. Yeah, it was it was tough. Uh, Mitchell, do you have anything on the visual? On the visuals, um, not not really. I I, uh, I if if it was if it was accurate, then um, that it it looked pretty great. And uh, I'm 
at, at least they got something right, I suppose. Right. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the acting. Um, I thought it was I thought it was well acted. You know, if there's like a strong point to this film, I guess. Yeah, uh, I yeah. might say it had 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 to do with the acting. It was yeah. it was terribly cast and well acted, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like and, it's always fun to watch Steve Buscemi be Steve Buscemi, but like he wasn't very Cruz Chevian. <laughs> uh, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna well, make that's that one of my now, critiques. But, uh, I, he sorry. Uh, he the, one of my critiques was uh, both. Uh, him and Malenkov both had weird American accents. Like, like they they didn't even try to to um, give give them any kind of accent or anything. Uh, Stal- well, Stalin, Stalin, yeah, Stalin had like this British, British, British like, Cockney exactly. That <laughs> was it, like they couldn't fucking nail anything, any yeah. of the accents. Like that, that no. was just just the strangest part they, to me. They had to have decided that they weren't going to even try. They had they had to have decided that on like. Because it was yeah. supposed to be on like a satirical basis or something, yeah. so, right? But that was an artistic license they could take, right? That's yeah. my guess as well. Yeah. Uh, actually, if you didn't I have know, to assume Stalin that. wasn't from Georgia initially. He was from East London. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to drop some knowledge yeah. on y'all. Yeah. yeah, this is this is the history you were looking for. I think that was a little known fact until uh, this film came out. Yeah, thank thank bless them for correcting that for yeah. us. Yeah. 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 Um. So is is that it on the on the acting? Uh, it, it seems- yeah, I mean, like like I said, I think especially Buscemi, he did a great job of acting. <laughs> he was not Khrushchev, yeah. but but he did a you know he did a good job of the like propagandized role that the film wanted him to be. And they, it's interesting because like the film needed a protagonist, and they made Khrushchev the protagonist, and that was an interesting choice. Yes. Um, but I don't know. Like I suppose, if you had to choose someone, the the liberalizing force is uh, the best one. If you're a liberal, Molotov is my hero. Mo- Molotov yes. is a, yeah. We'll get into that, but <laughs> certainly from a, a like a Western perspective, I guess that would be the take. You know, would be like right. right. If he's gonna, if there's gonna be one, he's our guy. Um, right. But well, sure, um, <clears throat> I do think that. You know, just on talking about the characters, this is a little bit political, um, but I did think they made Malenkov especially kind of the goof, you know? Right, right. Uh, for, for it, especially when he said anything that still seemed um, uh, to uh, support Stalin. It was almost he was looked at as naive or something. Right, um, right. By oh, you know the, the 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 reformers and those trying to move things forward, you know, uh, quote unquote. And well, and the thing is that Malenkov was to some degree a reformer, as was Berea politically. Right. Um, we'll get well, into that. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I start, I started that, so yeah. that's my bad. But uh, <laughs> but just talking about the those characters, I, I that was really clear, and so I think there's, there's a, a goon. Yeah. There's definitely <laughs> yeah. that bias. But they, um, they, while we're covering the acting uh, or casting, I guess, uh, but the, they made all, almost all of them idiots, right? And that was so it's so disingenuous to these men who were all extremely smart and extremely capable with extremely formed opinions. And they just kind of made them into these like 
mindless drones that are just like echoing the party line. Right, and they're like, terrified well, <laughs> to disagree yes. with each other. We'll, we'll get into that as well. But just as far as like the 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 roles are concerned, the uh, these these people were very intelligent, and it was yeah, it was it was a disingenuous cast. Oh. Absolutely, I think that's a great point, and, and and certainly worth pointing out and being critical of. It's like they couldn't figure out he was fucking dead. Like you, you pretty much know when when uh, he he looked dead. And, yeah, and uh, they were yeah. just like, should we put him in bed or not? Yeah. Uh, like it's gonna be fine. Yep. Um, he could still recover. Yeah, and, and like as you know, as if they had never uh, that had never entered well, their they were, minds. They were, they're trying in that scene. I'm going to yeet my way to that part of the discussion real quick. But in that scene, they're, what they're trying to explain away is the fact that Stalin was on the floor for 12 hours before he saw medical care. and so Which is it, true. Well, like yeah, which is true. But in the film, they try to make it seem like it's because they were too stupid or indecisive to figure out what to do, when in reality, it was likely Something a, a plot. Else. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get into the plot later. But Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to to, to kind of uh, get your take on that. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, so uh, we'll just move through the writing portion real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the to the meat of it, which is the politics, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, for the writing, um, I you know again the, the pace kind of uh, to me has uh, something to do with the writing as well. Um, yeah. As other things, and I thought it was pretty pretty good. I mean, I. Uh, Mitchell, you and I may have uh, had a little bit of a, a different opinion on this because at the end of the film, I thought, well, that went by. Fair- wait, 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 wait. There's no difference of opinion with the party line. Y'all need to. Raise your hand. Okay, yeah. it passed unanimously. Okay. <laughs> we should have. Uh, we should have. Should have shared this up. Before yeah. 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 Guess, guess you're getting Berea's bullet next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I thought it moved uh, fairly well. I thought the sl- the the start of it was slow, but I thought it moved pretty well. Um, but I, th- I think you kind of felt a little it, bit more. It felt like the long, the end, yeah. But. It felt like the longest hour and forty seven minutes, <laughs> right there, however long it was. Um, and and I, I'm not even as as uh, up to speed with with the knowledge and and whatnot that uh, that Mike is on on. Uh, a lot of this stuff, uh, I'm, I'm competent and can hold my own, but I, I, I also just don't have the patience that Mike does, and and they they immediately just like went straight in to, to, to making a mockery of, of all of this stuff. Like my literally, my first note is is um, let's see here already starts out with some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, that's accurate um, with their with their little. Um, information that they were displaying down at the bottom of the screen or whatever. Um, so I was I was immediately already just pissed off and and uh, just wanted to get through it. So yeah, I, it, it was a shorter film and and like we talked about with Coffee with Comrades. Uh, now we're at this point to where like if we're gonna like give time to, towards a movie, um, we want it to be less than two hours unless it's like super good. If it's over two hours and it's great and it's necessary. I love it. Yeah. Right. This one came in under two hours, and I was so happy. My first note: I was so happy that it came in under two hours. That my I first didn't. note for this movie was cringy bullshit. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, but even still, the, the the hour and forty-seven minutes just was so arduous for me. But uh, I will say that that it, it had been a long day that day when we 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 watched it. 
what I, I think Saturday, um, and and that was kind of a long day anyway. So so well, my patience had had run thin. And I think my my takeaway, which I've like restated a few times to this group, and obviously not to y'all on the uh, other side of the time zone. Um, <laughs> if I had been a know nothing liberal, I think I would have enjoyed this film quite a bit because, like, as far as writing is concerned, stage direction is part of that, and I think there was a lot of physical comedy that was really well executed uh you know a lot of like facial expressions and like you know pauses and breaks and you know uh whatever all of that slapstick nonsense was pretty good uh as far as movies go um yeah but sadly i'm not a know nothing liberal and and i actually agree with mike on this one i think that after Stalin died, the pacing actually was pretty good. Pretty solid. I mean, I didn't want to watch it because it was terrible. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it moves. But it moves, moves yeah. It, clip, there, yeah. There was a lot of, like, it kept rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And I think that that was the thing they were going for, is like that, oh, you know, shit, Stalin died, you know, now everything's going to hit the fan. Right, and I think that probably was something of a feeling among these people, I'm right? Like, they were like, oh feeling. my god, what are we going to do, and who's next, and, and whatever. All the scheming. Uh, yeah, that, right. that was legit. Yeah. That was all real, um, <laughs> and probably a, a real sensation that these people felt um, and I think that's reflected pretty well um, sadly most of the rest of it is bullshit yep yep, yep. yep. agreed um, so you know favorite lines I mean obviously they uh, I want to get into the historical inaccuracies of the script but I want to do that last because I know it's going to inevitably lead us to the political portion All right, sure. uh, so you know uh, if we could just go ahead and talk about whether or not we had some favorite lines or a little bit, bit of favorite dialogue or something. Um, if y'all wanna, if y'all wanna to to start, if you had something that was said or, or something like that that you took away that was particularly impactful or funny or whatever. Um, I didn't write anything down that that was positive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should have probably because yeah, yeah. there were there were a couple of scenes where I was like that was that was pretty good. The, um, but really though, it was so like, even the stuff that was like kind of funny yeah. in retrospect, like the, the, the fucking bathroom comment about Molotov and Khrushchev was like, haha. And then you think about it for a second and you're like, oh, that's homophobic. Uh, yeah. Right. Cause they're implying that there's like a relationship, a sexual right. relationship yeah. between them and that it ought to be something to be, you know. Ooh. Yeah. It was cringy. It was cringy. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't write down any lines. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, um, I'll I'll provide y'all with with mine. Yeah, uh, was was uh, from Stalin's son. He he yelled, "You're not even a person. You're a <laughs> testicle." Yes, that's at Khrushchev, right? No, it was no. the doctor. One of the doctors. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And they were cutting. Yeah. Oh God, the, I, the, I, doctors, I the doctors. The doctor, doctors. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. That line, though. I, that yeah, made me that, that was by far some of the best writing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Just ship him the Emmy. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I take I it away from him. Just take it for the historical inaction. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't actually watch award show. So is that like the right reference? Emmy is usually TV. Yeah, yes. yeah Emmy's TV. Oscars. Uh, Oscar. Ship him yeah. the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> they should make one with with um, what does he usually hold? Like popcorn? No, that's for that's for MTV. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they should have one of of uh, Oscar 
thing like holding a hammer and a sickle. That yeah, yeah. Just as an aside, oh, man, the cool. ratings on this movie are like what? Yeah, like ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Who the fuck is watching this movie? No, nothing. Uh, I think it's it's mostly liberal, uh, <laughs> you know, critics. Liberal uh, critics within the entertainment industry to some degree, or or something. I mean, the, yeah, uh, they they probably used it as a way to criticize Trump or something. Like, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know, it's a, it's a uh, you know an, an obvious uh, totalitarian regime, just like yeah. what we're barreling towards. <laughs> yeah. hey, did, did y'all know that uh, Putin was a KGB agent? <laughs> did y'all know that? <laughs> so that means that he was a communist, so even though he was an anti-communist. I mean, basically, Russia is the Soviet Union. Basically, yeah. I bet if Jordan Peterson was a uh, was a movie reviewer, <laughs> reviewer, he would give it five lobsters out of five. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But he would talk like this. <laughs> I'm going to give that two green thumbs up. That's frightening. That's frightening. You can't do that anymore. That was too accurate. Wow. Um. All right, so let's uh, let's let's just uh, kind of move on into the. Um, we're we're gonna we're uh, you know let's start with I guess if we could some of the uh, historical inaccuracies and that's where I'm gonna throw it to y'all. Um, oh God! Because I'm I'm sure you have uh, quite a bit to talk about. I know what you're making you a big mistake right now. <laughs> uh, you know, so if 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 we want to just kind of use that as a as a jumping off point to get into the politics. Uh, I'm just going to let y'all kind of have at it if that's uh, if that's all right. All right, um, sure. I mean, it, 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 can we sure. talk? Let's let's talk about the broader issues sure, first, sure. and then we'll get into specifics. So, this movie had a huge problem with understanding what was, and I'm not going to say purely, but I'm going to say largely a classless society. Um, there were people who lived better than others. Bureaucrats probably lived better than the average Soviet citizen. However, however, the people who were most wealthy in the Soviet Union were artists and engineers and scientists. So I suppose if you were going to talk about like purely classless, uh, it, that's a muddy area. However... Stalin this, didn't live in a mansion for Stalin a while. did not live in a mansion. <laughs> he shared a fucking apartment with Molotov. With Molotov, the guy who was like the movie tried to portray as like a cuck for Stalin, like just like, oh, I love Stalin, even though he imprisoned my wife and all this nonsense. Um Yeah, there's some nonsense. So <laughs> anyway, uh and, and the biggest indicator of this was when Stalin requested the recording of the um, concerto uh, and they called everyone back in and the audience was only half full, they dragged in people off the streets and the people they dragged in off the streets were meant to represent the working class in Russia. But the working class was everyone in Russia they, the people who were initially there for the first broadcast of the, the concerto were drawn as like upper middle class, high quality, you know, socially 
directed individuals. They dressed nicely. They wore pearls. Right. Like, and then these people they brought in off the street. One of them was like an old man who was really bored. One of them was a lady eating pickled eggs out of a jar. And basically what they're trying to, to portray there is that there was this underclass, which didn't get access to the sorts of things that this upper class received in the Soviet union. And that's utter fucking bullshit. Uh, the half of the Soviet citizenry went to a museum of some sort every year and more than the entire population. So that means literally everyone in the Soviet Union plus some portion of those people again went to an opera or the theater or uh, a concerto of this sort, uh, some sort of an orchestral performance. Every single citizen in the Soviet Union, and then again, some portion of those people went back to the opera, a theatrical performance. So the idea that these were uncultured swine that didn't have access to the same things as everyone else who was of a higher strata is garbage. And the problem, I think, is that they're trying to analyze the Soviet Union through capitalist and western british perspectives particularly yeah. british right like and and it shows a disdain for mm-hmm. the underclasses because they were like like just they look dirty and they're just not focused and they don't care what's happening and mm-hmm. it was all in an effort to impress stalin who was going to kill someone if he didn't get the recording how frequently was that the measurement of like, i think it was like 125 percent of people i don't have was the exact it, was it per year i'm not per sure the exact year. percentage it, it was it, more than everyone yeah, right? yeah. it was everyone and then plus again, some people went back yeah, some yeah. people went back right and, and the reason they were able to do that for those of you that haven't listened or don't want to listen to the fall of the soviet union episode is because the government subsidized the people subsidized the uh, arts and so made it so that most of these uh, functions were either free or extremely inexpensive. And so it allowed everybody access to the arts, which would be fantastic if we had that here, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. If, if more than half of everyone in this country were able to visit a museum per year, I'd be happy. But if everyone in the entire country literally everyone in the entire country and then some were able to go to some sort of a, a like art event art yeah. event that would be incredible yeah. okay um, but anyway and that that theme continues throughout i mean the 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 bureaucrats are all portrayed as these rich like oh you you know you messed up my suit and oh my gosh and like as if that was kind of the attitude of of the bureaucrats in the soviet union despite the fact that most of them lived in apartments just like everybody else, and they weren't even close to the top of the list of the highest paid individuals in the Soviet right, Union. Right, exactly. As I said, those people were not the wealthiest right. people in the Soviet Union. The wealthiest people in the Soviet Union were artists, yeah. were engineers. The piano player that had to be bribed to go yeah. back. And- <laughs> Which, okay. <laughs> do, do we want to get into that now? No, we'll go um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. All right. That, that's the broader issue, I think, is the, is the issue of social class. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and I think absolutely, that, I think that it certainly stems from uh, <clears throat> trying to just 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 you know kind of looking at it out of context and and trying to uh, 
see it as you said kind of through the lens of uh of the u.s or or or, um kind of a a british perspective um because that would uh if if it were something that were uh you know based on something from the u.s that that wouldn't be odd right so it's like you know yeah you went on the streets of new york and tried to fill a theater with (laughs) common people you're right. Yeah, you you wouldn't have anybody eating eggs out of a jar, but you would have people who were not interested in what was happening. Right. So I think that's a great point. That's not something I thought about, and I'll tell you why. I think it's because I'm used to that. You know, I'm used yeah. to the fact yeah, that exactly. I think exactly. that, yeah. that it was through that lens. So um, I think it's a great point. Uh, historical inaccuracy. That can't be the only one, right? Oh, oh no. so, <laughs> many. so many. There's so many. Uh, I mean, how do you want us to go through this? <laughs> we can go through like as it happened in the movie, or chronologically, or yeah, big yeah, issues guess, to small ones. I mean, I guess I, if tacking tacking on to the uh, previous one, just just the general feeling or emotions conveyed by the general public in that movie were that of like just being like absolutely miserable or living constantly under fear terrified right mm-hmm. but it was it was actually the complete opposite this yeah. this was a uh, a liberated people who had more say in the politics on a macro level of their country than than they ever had before and mm-hmm. i think any um, any person in Russia ever had before, you know, as a as an average citizen, that's so like that's right. It's disgustingly unfair to the average working Soviet citizen mm-hmm. to paint them in this way. Right. Um, I don't think there's many ways that you can argue that um, Stalin was not an idealized figure in the Soviet Union. However, there was a reason for that, and the right. reason was not because every single of the you know three two hundred million Soviet citizens were scared that Stalin or Berea was going to break down their door and murder them if they didn't love Stalin. It was because of all of the things that Stalin had done to liberate the working people. Yeah, didn't didn't he try to step down like six times from four times four yeah. times from four his time. position and no. and they begged him to stay. Yeah, yeah, uh, like so and he consistently pushed back against that kind but, of like individual great man kind of thing that was right, right. if that was ever approached i you know it's my understanding that he consistently pushed back against that and he, yes he, he never he, in fact he, uh, uh, one of the last uh, orders that he made is they they brought to him a textbook that they were going to put into the schools about um about ideology and one of the chapters was um, something along the lines of socialism uh, and its foundations through Lenin and Stalin. And one of his final directives before he died was to remove that chapter from the book because he, because he said it was superfluous, that it was unnecessary, and that it, all it did was repeat uh, things that were already there and um, that it had no need to be there. So this idea that he was like in love with himself right. or was like an yeah. egomaniac is, yeah, is very false. And when he was a young man, he was offered the position of basically uh, commander in chief of the red army. And he turned that down. Yeah. Like he was never like, I am going to take over. I am going to like crush the Soviet union under my <laughs> iron will. Like none of that yeah. is true. Yeah. Literally none of it. He was a very humble person who lived in humble conditions. He was, 
He led the Soviet Union for uh, almost 40 years, and he lived in an apartment with his friend. Right. So if that if that tells you anything yeah. that you need to know about I, Stalin, that's He it. was ideologically pure and consistent <laughs> and aggressive. I would say yeah. aggressive. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say Stalin never killed <laughs> anyone by his order, uh, you know, because uh, he definitely did. But the reason he did this is because he believed strongly in a particular ideology and it was important that that ideology succeed. But it was not because he was like, I'm a megalomaniac. Yeah, it wasn't about him. Right. I'm going to destroy everyone who doesn't agree with me. Right. It was... I think this is the correct line. And, and we can discuss it. whether it was the correct line or not. That is it. But, but whether it was like he did it because he was just never wanted to be questioned is is a fallacy. Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> enough about Stalin. Enough about Stalin. <laughs> no. um, so uh, one of the things, okay, so the only thing I can guess, like as far as like there's, there's this the portrayal throughout the movie, especially at the beginning, that the NKVD like made this regular practice of kicking down doors and dragging people out and killing them in the streets and just wanton murder 24 seven is especially in 1953 when things were super calm mellow. Yeah. yeah. It is extremely inaccurate. So my only guess, and I, I what's your opinion on this, Mike and Mitchell? My only guess is that they're trying to portray the Great Purge within the like within the context of the movie, so they can also right. address that. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and I, you know, I think they're trying to get across um, just that kind of, you know, like you said, that things that uh, may not be really in the context or in the proper time that that the the film or that the, the events in the film are uh, are happening, but. They're kind of trying to create that vibe around it and that uh, that kind of thing because even uh, without really you know having to, to outright say it or go back and you know kind of explain too much or or, or put too much more to film because there's uh, even the dialogue there was at one point Khrushchev uh, looked at at one of the uh, NKVD. Uh, and said, I, "I quote: I thought the point of the NKVD was to know where everyone's, uh, where every, know everyone's whereabouts, or something <laughs> like that." You know? So, like, I think that was—I don't know if that was maybe during the funeral or or, or some just sometime in the middle or, or the the second half of the, of the film. But you know, the little even jokes like that. You know, like I thought that was you know the whole point was like to to have this um, you know. Uh, regime, this oppressive regime, just right. uh, rigidly in place, and so, right. I mean, you know, without having to go back and, uh, you know, you know, so, you know, since it's kind of a statistic and not really a, a part of the overall narrative, um, there were act- people were jailed at a higher rate under Khrushchev than they were under Stalin, so. Again, if you're even if, though he if, was the liberalizing yeah. force, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But. If your measure of like how terrible Stalin was is how many people were jailed or whatever you want to say, then it was actually higher under Khrushchev, who was supposed to be like Jeremy said, the the liberal reformer. But um, so that's interesting. So, I didn't actually know that. As, yeah. as, assuming that uh, that that is the case, that they're trying to um, to c- portray the great purge, they're trying to 
portray all of the quote unquote terrible things about the Soviet Union in one film to try to <laughs> make it look horrible. Shorthand, um, yeah. So let's assume that that's the case that they're trying to portray the the Great Purge. And uh, you know, I'm just going to briefly skim over it. We could do an entire episode Absolutely. on it, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So just to quickly address that idea of like knocking down doors and throwing everybody in jail. Um, it, it most of it comes from the Great Purge, which happened in the early 40s, during which late 30s into the early 40s, in which um, Stalin knew that Hitler was going to come for them. Um, and so he was on edge trying to keep everything together because he needed to prepare the Soviet Union for that battle. Um, and the Great Purge was to eliminate Nazis, basically. Essentially, and, and yeah. Nazi so, sympathizers. So, but, but it wasn't just like, you know what? Let's go out and like kill a bunch of Nazi sympathizers, although that's always on my regard. <laughs> <laughs> it, it started with the, the fact that there were, um, I believe it was 14, maybe 19, um, sabotaging of mines that in the Soviet Union. Uh, and they went and rooted them out and found that there were these like fascist elements that were trying to sabotage the Soviet economy. And that started um, that started Stalin's uh, worry about being undermined. You know, and if you go back and look there, uh, Hitler was actually actively um, pushing people into Ukraine to try to uh, create a sympathetic state, which I mean, it's still it's to this still day is Nazi as fuck. Um, but he was trying to push Nazis, uh, fascists into Ukraine because he knew if he could topple Ukraine, then he might have an opportunity to topple the Soviet Union, which was his goal from the beginning. He stated it in Mein Kampf. But anyway, so... The uh, NKV- Hang on, just real quick. I thought that uh, the Nazis were socialists. <laughs> oh my god! That's true. I think everything I believe is completely uh, yeah, it's shattered. Everybody <laughs> at this table, Can we just quit everybody. Now? Wrong. My, my entire argument. <laughs> All my ideas. Well, that's it. All right. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a great podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this great. is actually the last episode then. of both of our yep. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, it'll be the right media podcast. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, so at the time, so he's starting, he's already starting to recognize these elements within, uh, within the Soviet Union. And then the... In KVD, they uncover a plot that involves the highest uh, general Tukhachevsky. <laughs> Sorry, I'm terrible at names. Not as bad as Gabe, but I can't pronounce most of the first names in the film and, 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 and <laughs> that we're talking about. So I just went with last names. And <laughs> so they uncovered they uncovered a plot in. Uh, of where the highest general in the Red Army was plotting to start to start a coup to overthrow Stalin and the Soviet government, and this was in uh, you know the late 30s at, at the time at which Stalin, like I said, knew that that Hitler would be knocking on his door very soon, um, and that is the point at which Stalin panicked, I will say, and he admitted later that he panicked um, because. At that point is when he he gave Kirov, who was the leader of the NKVD at the time, um, basically free reign to uh, root out these fascist elements within the army, within the party, and this started the Great Purge. 
Now, we are taught that it was like 11 billion people that he like pulled out and murdered and all of them went to jail and it was a nightmare. In reality, um, in there were 180,000 arrests. Uh, let's, 160, wasn't it? No, it's 180,000 arrests um, and appeals were filed, I want to say, on like 70% of them and 52% of them were overturned, which which means that there were about 90,000 people that went to jail and some that were executed um, out of a population of... It's like 124 million. It was 197 million people. So... The percentages of people that were arrested, even in this heinous period, were incredibly low. Now, as it was going on, Stalin was extremely critical within a year of the purges. So he started sending letters to Kirov, like, yo, like, dial it back. Right. Uh, I made a mistake. Like, you know, we need to be more, you know, pragmatic about this. And then at the end of the purge, he jailed Kirov and killed him. (laughs) So the, you know, he, because he said that he had become, you know, an enemy of the people in doing the thing, this, you know, heinous arrests or whatever you want to say, um, during the great purge to, uh, to get rid of these elements, which he also used to push himself. And this was actually the point at which Berea was installed. Right. Um, as the leader of the NKVD. So anyway, that that's just a very, 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 very brief history of the Great Purge just to address like the ridiculous okay. knockdown doors assassination stuff. But, but yeah. overall, during the Great Purge, between political arrests related to the Great Purge and all arrests which which took place, what do you know what the like 25%. 25% of of all arrests were political during that period. Okay. What was the so the total number was uh, five hundred thousand? Forty nine thousand a year. So it was like it ended up at hundred and eighty thousand ish. Okay. But gotcha. it was it was an average of forty nine thousand a year. Oh, gotcha. Which, and that's that's still just, just correct, for, correct me if I'm wrong, that's still less than the incarceration rate of the US. Just for perspective Even everybody, yeah. Just for perspective, the US in twenty sixteen arrested ten million six hundred and sixty two thousand two hundred and fifty two people with a ninety nine point eight percent conviction rate. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Christ. And, so, and continues of show trials. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and continues to further an economic system that creates the conditions uh, to, to 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 only further that number. So. Right. Oh, sure, but you know, my my point is only that we, you know, liberal Americans to this day look at Stalin like he was some monster because of the Great Purge when we incarcerate people at a disgustingly higher rate. Yeah, uh, much much right. higher. And and uh, you know, don't do anything to 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 uh, cut that number down. And and you know. Um, do anything to improve upon the conditions that uh, that lead to that, which the Soviet Union uh, under Stalin was doing. Yeah, uh, and, to- so, and just for pers- you know, it, we've just, tried nothing, <laughs> and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> just again for perspective, because like you, you, they shot probably a hundred people in the movie um, during the Great Purges. There were between thirty nine and fifty three executions. Yikes. 39 and 53. <laughs> and every single one of them was in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I think the other thing to consider is that in general, as an average Soviet citizen, you had nothing to fear from 
the worst excesses of the NKVD. The difference between the Soviet Union and the United States is that if you were in those upper echelons of being a bureaucrat, you had something to fear. Uh, what, Ted Kennedy, like killed a prostitute by driving off a bridge into the Potomac river. Uh, literally. And this is, I'm not like, this is not like I'm making this up conspiracy theory. Literally. He drove off a bridge into the Potomac river. Oh, with wait, a prostitute a episode and, uh, killed her and, uh, never served a day in jail. Um, so the difference between U S and Soviet, arrests and uh, prison terms is that people who were in power could theoretically go to prison in the Soviet Union. That never happens here in the United yeah. States. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that's a great point. And uh, I love the fact that you have the numbers and the statistics and everything. Cause I uh, haven't, I've seen some of those, haven't seen all of them. They usually get edited out of our podcast cause everyone hates them. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to keep them. Uh, I, I love that. But, uh, I think that, you know, just talking about Kirov, I think that uh, people use that to say, see, even the guy who was doing all of his bidding and killing all these people for him eventually suffered his wrath, you know, because uh, they don't use it as a uh, Stalin tried to scale back the things that had happened. Tried to correct the wrongs. Um, yeah. And right the wrongs by jailing and killing Kirov, they say, you know, well, he became such a monster that he even killed that person, you know, which is uh, right. disingenuous. Right. It, but it is, it, but it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those arguments that goes around, unfortunately, you know. One of the other, heard, you know, sure. Stalin, a dictator, um, Stalin had one vote in the Central Committee. One vote. So there was no, certainly he was the, you know, okay, what do we do about this? What do we do about that? But as far as this, like, he ruled everybody with an iron fist, it's, uh, it's, it, it's absurd. Yeah. The, the, um, this quote I brought up in the episode that we just recorded with Brett about, um, Mao, um, when, uh, believe it was Malenkov, went to the Soviet Union um, at, for one of their party meetings. Um, the Their defense, you know, their general, their leader of their uh, army, he came to Malenkov and he said, uh, why is it now, only now after Stalin has died, that you choose to tarnish his memory? And, um, and he said, well, we were scared for our lives. You know, we thought we were going to die. And the general replied, what communist is it that fears death? Damn. <laughs> and I, fear, I feel like that, I mean, he, he was clearly being tongue-in-cheek, the general. He was trying to say, like, it, I know better. You know, I know you're a that, coward. Yeah, yeah, you're a coward. If you truly felt that way, you could have, not only could you have voted Stalin out, a hundred times, but he, you could have accepted his resignation the four times that he tried to resign. Yeah. One of which was in 1952, I believe 1951 or 1952. So a year or two before his death, he tried to resign and they still rejected it. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a great point. And uh, I think we, that, that, that kind of stuff needs to get out there for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess one of the, uh, Inaccuracies that uh, that I found is um, I, I don't I don't think it's anywhere <laughs> near as in, in, in depth as as uh, what y'all just talked about, which is great. Um, 
But uh, I, I just hated how uh, seemingly sexist all of the uh, guys oh God, came yeah. across, um, even referring to, to, to somebody as, as like, Lady Suck Sucker? There's yeah, there's doctor. Suck Suck. Yeah, yeah. Doctor. Okay. Suck Suck. Doctor. My, my bad. Um, yeah. Oof. That, um, when, when, and, and it was just, uh, one, it was, it, it, it was gross and nasty. And, uh, two, I, I, I just really think it's, it's, uh, inaccurate as fuck because, um, yeah. the USSR like actively worked to, uh, to free women and, and try to give them, uh, equal rights. And, uh, there, there's even that, um, uh, forgive my source. It's, it's very liberal, um. But it from the New York Times. There's that uh, that article that um, that poses that uh, why women had better sex under socialism, and it, it goes right. on to say that um, uh, some quote some might remember that Eastern Bloc women enjoyed many rights and privileges unknown in liberal democracies at the time, including major state investments in their education and training, their full incorporation into the labor force. Uh, generous maternity leave allowances and guaranteed uh, free child care. So, so those are. Uh, I, I just don't see the, the 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 people in charge like actively working to to give uh, the women of the USSR those um, uh, freedoms and whatnot. Turn around and and just be so grossly sexist towards them uh, and and just nasty and yeah. That 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 was one of the things that I pointed out or, or, or thought of at least. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I don't really, I can't think of an example in the movie of like something overtly. Only I can give like examples, like with any socialist state, usually rights of any marginalized group is usually, I don't know, pretty decent. Better. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Like if you're talking about, uh, what was the book you were reading of Justin, the uh, China, where as soon as you instill some kind of socialist state, you have child care with that yeah and usually uh labor of any kind like women's labor feminine labor quote unquote is usually more valued and not as i don't know demonized right Right. they were given pay without work for the last month or month and a half of their pregnancies during the seven months on they worked uh 10 or 15 hours less per week with the same pay so yeah, you get equal pay for equal work in 1917. Yeah, the first, which we first don't country even do. have yeah. here in 2018. But now that I think about it, in the movie, um, I apologize, I forgot the name. It was the one that was wearing the corset. Oh, uh, who was it that they kept making fun of with the corset? That was, I think, that was uh, his daughter. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It was, uh, I think it was, it was Malenkov. Yeah, More like sexist, disgusting jokes. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's just like an example of like over, like in order for you to show how to belittle like a man like that, you have to feminize them through right. like some kind of, like he's watching his figure. And yeah. also like, obviously we've talked about the homophobia, but especially yeah. the what do they uh, call it? What do they call the, the, so they coded that, um, the guy who was the funeral director, they call uh, him Hit- skinny Hitler, skinny, skinny Hitler. Yeah. So not only is he coded as gay, but he's also skinny Hitler. Uh, which is also yikes. Yeah. And then there's yeah. the, the, the Molotov and Khrushchev joke about the bathroom. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. 
Yeah, liberals are like great at like we'll throw homophobia around as long as it's against people we don't like. No, exactly. Like it's even today, like Putin and Trump. Yeah, like, we're, right. Yeah, we're so f- willing to like say homos homophobic phobic. Oh my god, homophobic <laughs> shit. But like at the end of the day, are you really an ally? Quote unquote. Right. No. no. Well, as long as it's about you know. Putin and Trump, of course. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anybody but, yeah. who opposes communism or you know Trump is is an ally, apparently, according to liberals. Right. Um. Oh, yeah. So I mean, that was in. We can again. We can do an entire episode on feminism in the Soviet Union. Sure. <laughs> but, um, let's start. Let's start with the um, first inaccuracy. Yeah, the first inaccuracy was the theater. Yeah. So. As far as, like, things which were key to the plot of the movie as early as possible that were utter bullshit or probably utter bullshit, it's the, it's the scene with a concerto. So um, the, the pianist in that scene was literally Stalin's favorite. Like, there is no question about this. He loved her. She was fantastic. Um, he he loved hearing her play. So the problem is that the main source of this particular information is one memoir, which was written down by this dude named Volkov about a Soviet-era composer named Shostakovich that Volkov claims sat down with him between 1971 and 1974 and dictated this entire memoir. The problem with that is that it probably never happened. Volkov has a series of signed papers uh, that have uh, Shostakovich's signature on them that claim the authenticity of his entire book. He only has, I think, eight signatures, which he's shown to people from the original typescript. <laughs> they are all the pages of articles that Shostakovich himself wrote between 1933 and 1971 that were printed in newspapers. And then everything else is supposed to be compiled from notes that Volkov wrote down. And he himself has said, I asked Shostakovich questions and he was terse and short and didn't give long answers. And then I rearranged them <laughs> and jammed them together but if you if you read through the text it's all here's an article that Shostakovich wrote and then on the next page there's a massive change in tone and dialect and terms and it doesn't line up at all with what Shostakovich communicated as and the argument is that Here's the, here's the argument made by Volkov and people who defend him. Shostakovich, as a brilliant musician, has an incredible memory 
and was there, therefore able to dictate to Volkov word-for-word word articles that he wrote for newspapers in the past. That's why, magically, the first pages of every chapter are verbatim, punctuation and everything, exactly the same as newspaper articles. So that, that's the source for these stories about, like... Stalin called the radio station and said, I want a copy of this. That happened if you believe Shostakovich slash Volkov. <laughs> if, you believe, if you believe them. But uh, Volkov will not show anyone the original TypeScript <laughs> to, to verify or to check. Or he w- will not allow anyone to see it. So mysteriously. Um, anyway, so that, that's the source for this, this story. Yeah, that's, well, that's really important. I mean, I... That, 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 that the uh, direct source for such a such a thing because yeah. with the film, I mean, it sets such a you know such a tone, right? Into, so early on, right? And and let's assume it's true. Let's let's just assume that all of this bullshit. <laughs> okay. It still does not happen remotely the way that it occurs okay. in the film. So what happens is that the uh, again, assuming we're going to buy this like bullshit story from this bullshit author (laughs) from a bullshit memoir. Um, So the concerto occurs in the middle of the day uh, on one particular day. The next day in the evening, Stalin calls the, the radio station and says, Hey, I would love to have a recording because this is my favorite pianist and I want a copy. Right. And so the, the person who answers the phone is like, absolutely, I will get that for you. Except it doesn't exist. Uh, so he calls everybody up. Uh, the pianist is in bed asleep. So they have to go wake her up. Um, there was none of this, like, let's drag people in off the street. Uh, it wasn't that same night. Uh, the original director, again, from this memoir... Uh, the, the cannot keep time. So they get rid of him and they bring somebody else in, um, and they record it. And then that is playing, uh, while Stalin is dying on, on his deathbed is, is this particular concerto. But again, like this is all assuming that it happened the way that Volkov said it did. It's uh, still inaccurate. That is the source. Um, <laughs> there's so much bullshit. Like, she is, she was very religious, right? And in every single article that you will read based on this memoir, they'll be like, oh, Christianity was banned in the Soviet Union and it was made illegal. Um, and she was standing up against the atheism of the Soviet Union and the atheism of jo- Joseph Stalin, who could have put her to death. He sent her $20,000 or 20,000 rubles. 20, the equivalent, I think, of $20,000 is what it was. Um, as like a thank you for uh, performing the concerto. And she donated it to her local church and wrote him in a letter saying, hey, I donated that $20,000 that you sent me. Thanks for that. I donated it to my local church. If it were illegal in the Soviet Union to practice Christianity, how could she donate it to her local church? I don't understand how that happens. Like, hmm. 
Well, it must be fake news. Yeah. Fake news. Yeah. Well, and it may be fake news. All world history is fake news. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's 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 that portion of it. The very beginning of it. That's very interesting, and I that's think wild. that that kind of uh, kind of deconstruction of it, just kind of picking it apart, and and uh, you know, kind of making sure that that you go back to the source on each of those. Uh, it's really important, and and uh, God, I just love to kind of sit back and and, and hear y'all do that because yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it just kind of pulls the rug out of the whole movie, like just like it's <laughs> the opening right, scene. Yeah, right off the bat, like the the whole rug just gets y'all just yanked it out from underneath <laughs> it. If, if it if it's like that fucking inaccurate, I mean, good lord, that it, it it why. God damn it! They just they they need to fucking read. <laughs> but like, if every single article, so I read like in researching for this and trying to like figure out what the hell was going on in this film, every single article that I read about that situation was like, although most of these stories are probably true, the source is in question, and I'm like, like well, wait a second, <laughs> it's one or the other. Like, either probably most of these stories are true, or the source is in question. It's never both. That's because Selma is a monster, and yes, there's no other narrative. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, so then what? The next thing. The next thing that happens is what Stalin. The dinner party with Stalin. Yes. It's not really anything. I mean, do you guys have anything to say about that? I mean, it was just kind of weird and yeah, like. Tomatoes in the pocket. I don't really know what's <laughs> happening there. No well, idea what that was about. We, we kind of already touched on just like, you know, the, the awkwardness of uh, the other party members. Oh, um, you know, oh, good. Oh, no, go <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. What I was going to say is in that scenario, they have Stalin talking about, first of all, <clears throat> they have Stalin talking about putting uh, Malenkov on the murder list. Molotov. Be- was it Molotov? He was trying to execute Molotov. No, no, no. That doesn't make sense. Yes, Malta. that was the whole point. Was like he 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 was like because Khrushchev is like you need to go home and have your wife dictate, dictate back the back. things you've said to you yeah, to so other people. And I'm like the, Jesus the idea. Christ. First of all, the idea that like Stalin would kill Molotov is absurd because Molotov was literally yeah. his roommate <laughs> and one of his best friends for yeah. his entire life. I think it was brought up by Berea, which is where this comes up, comes in later as a way to discredit Stalin later in Berea's life. But you know, there wasn't much time between. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't much time. <laughs> but, but I, but I, that is the only source is Berea, and there is no. If you look at it in context, there's no way in cold hell that that Stalin would kill Molotov because they were literally like were best bros. friends. Yeah. yeah, they were like. Uh, fucking what is it in Predator where they like they put their hands together and like bro bro hands like I mean Mike and Mitchell are Mike there. and Mitchell yeah what's the yeah. Predator handshake <laughs> oh uh, it, God it's been years since I saw uh, Predator Schwarzenegger and uh, shit who's the other actor anyway he's like, Danny Glover no no oh, I'm bitch. sorry he's in the second one <laughs> but that, that was that was Molotov and Stalin they were they were bros so what's the next scene in the film Mike Mitchell <laughs> oh um what I I, I guess the uh, we've, we've talked about the actual uh um where where he dies 
Oh, God. Oh, we, oh. No, no, we, we can yeah. talk about that. Yes. We have not talked about where he dies. Yeah, so... Um, well, we've touched on it a little bit, but if you have more to say, sure, please. Yeah. Oh, so for much. Plenty to say. <laughs> Sorry, for, I didn't realize if you were asking asking us or asking... No, no, I was just asking. I was just trying to make sure before I moved on that that was the next oh, scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so first of all, the in the movie he's discovered by like the tea lady. Like he, yeah. like somebody waits hand and foot for it to like give him, you know, breakfast. Right. And, and, like, and like, but before, like before he even falls down, he does uh, what we call like Levain's sign in EMS. And it's like where you put your uh, hand on your chest, typically like from like a heart attack. So like, which is completely inconsistent with what he died of, which is a, of a stroke. Because of the serious note that he got from the pianist. Right. <laughs> Someone dares to question me? <laughs> yeah, dead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so first of all, the, you know, the idea that his the person that's giving him his breakfast is, is the person that discovers him is also false because it was his guards that found him at 11 o'clock on the night before. But... His guards were not his guards. And this is true. where you yeah, get into the true. conspiracy yeah. of Berea may have murdered Stalin. Or at least not saved Stalin. But he may have murdered him, literally. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in the months leading up to Stalin's death, Berea had removed Stalin's personal guard from him to make sure that he was not protected. So the people who knew him best and were like his dudes were removed from his presence, um, which does certainly lead to the implication that perhaps Berea was trying to get rid of Stalin as a, as a power move, as a, as a way of elevating himself. Well, why would Berea want to take Stalin down, you ask? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> a serious <laughs> I was just about so, to. I was Berea just about to. was not only the head of the NKVD, but he had a vote in the Central Committee. And he was trying to push forward economic reforms to the lines of a reinstating of the NEP, which was a basically a privatization mm-hmm. measure that yeah. happened early on in the Soviet Union. We won't get into that. Right, um, right. He was trying to... Brezhnev hours. Yeah. He was trying to push... Bukharin? He's Bukharin. Bukharin. Sorry, yeah. Brezhnev is later. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the eyebrows. I'm already drunk. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, it, you know, which he, he was trying to um, reinstate more privatization and a push towards light industry and consumer goods, which is what exactly what Khrushchev would end up doing, which, right. which then would spell disaster for the Soviet Union. Again, if you want to hear about that, you can listen to our episode. Um, but, yeah, so Stalin was already um, – Trying, he was already planning a purge, and not like a purge in like the oh, everybody gets murdered and thrown in jail, but like a purge of the party in which he would try, he would take uh, or push for members of the party that were revisionists to be removed from the party so that they could continue the socialist line. Um, and so he was already ramping up for that on top of the fact that he was a little um, wary of Berea because Berea was in charge when uh, when Dr. Timashuk, who was Lady Suksak oh, in God. the fucking movie, oh, yeah. um, she had discovered that Stalin was being over-medicated by his doctors. Which is also part of the theoretical plot that, like, Berea may have been trying to kill Stalin via his doctors. Right, and so she brought this up to Stalin, and he had seven 
seven whole doctors, which we'll get to later, <laughs> were removed from the, from the Soviet Union and they were jailed. Um, anyway, so that, you know, so anyway, it wasn't his, his maid that was in his mansion. It, it was his guards that weren't in even his, his guard in his apartment that found him dead at 11 o'clock at night. And they called the, um, uh, Central Committee? No, it was the... What am I trying to think of? The Politburo? Politburo. Yeah, they called the Politburo. And they... Some members, according to Khrushchev, some members came and they found him and they did nothing for 12 hours. Nothing. And at that point is when they were like, okay, like we should probably call a doctor. I'm assuming, I don't know who it was who, who called that doctor. Uh, Molotov was not on the um, Politburo. So the idea that he was there in the room, like, you know, not calling the doctor on what it was, best friend was dying on the floor is another absurd inaccuracy. Um, but wait, wait, why wasn't Molotov there? He had been removed a few years earlier. They, you know, it, people say that it's because Stalin was mad about his wife, which we'll get into later. Um, but he had been uh, removed for his post that he was standing. He was still in the Central Committee. He still had a high rank, and he still lived with Stalin. <laughs> so I, I can't imagine. Again, for, if you look at it contextually, I can't imagine anything crazy is happening there. But anyway, he was removed a few years earlier from the like the elite. Um, and so after that is when they call the doctors and in the movie, they make this weird, like, like they're scrambling around Moscow trying to find a competent doctor doctor, because Stalin has, you know, murdered or jailed (laughs) all of the good doctors in Moscow. It is, is another absurdity, uh, just for perspective, there were, in in the year that Stalin died, there were seventy six thousand medical students in Moscow. <laughs> so the idea that there are no competent doctors is is absurd. They're, what they're trying to suggest is that his jailing of the of the people in the doctor's plot, the doctors in the doctor's plot, um, was this like paranoid, like he just jailed all the great doctors and you know, and, and it was what twelve. It was it was seven or eight. It yeah. was it was less than ten. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, is another absurdity. So, so yeah, so all of that is inaccurate. Um, what's the next? What's the next thing that happens? Berea is a good one, um, <sighs> mostly because Berea is. He was a monster. Like uh, the movie gets that right. Um, they try to m- make it seem like the reason he was removed was because he was moving against Khrushchev and Khrushchev just happened to outmaneuver him. Um, The reality is that he, and and they also make it seem like it was very rapid. Like they decided they were going to move against him. Khrushchev got Zhukov on his side. They grabbed him, dragged him out back of a farmhouse and shot him. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. No, he was arrested in early July and he was executed in December. And the, the arguments that were brought against him were from his own bodyguards who accused him of rape. 
And that is one of the reasons that he was executed was that he was a rapist. Like they try to make it seem like everybody knew he was a rapist and everyone was cool with him being a rapist because he had power. And then as soon as he didn't, they just shot him because he disagreed with them politically. But the reality is that one of the reasons that they brought these charges against him is that he was a literal rapist. But they expect you to just go with it, like them accepting that he's a rapist because that's fucking what happens in Western politics now. Right. And, and, and there is, uh, people will argue that Stalin knew he was a rapist, uh, and then let it slide because he was a war, because Maria was a war hero. Um, he, he ran, uh, in KVD, like intelligence, um, during, during World War II in Eastern Europe. So in, I guess in that term, he was uh, a, a war hero, I suppose. Um, whether Stalin knew about him being a rapist is another issue. Uh, whether Berea was a child molester, like pedophile, that's, you know, a little bit, uh, nobody really knows for sure, but possibly, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. He was a terrible human being. Um his wife and his son, Berea's wife and son, defended him until the day they died and said he didn't do any of this stuff. He was not a, uh, a pedophile. He was not a rapist. However, in the last several years, uh, the house that Berea lived in in Moscow at that time is now the Tunisian embassy, and they were doing um, modifications to the property and they found dead bodies of women on his property. So uh, he's probably a rapist. And his bodyguards did not mention this uh, in the trial, which means that he was killing women without their knowledge and someone else was helping him bury them in his backyard. So he was almost certainly a rapist and apparently a murderer as well. Um, But so Berea was a monster and in spite of being a monster, he was also a liberal, uh, which is also another kind of monster. But his <laughs> his political opinions were not the reason he was executed. Nor were they reflected accurately in the movie. Right. Because, like like I explained for why he, he might want to kill Stalin, he was a reformer. Uh, he wanted... He was not like the knockdown, drag out, let's kill everybody type that they portray him to be in the movie. Right. Like with the stuttering guard that he was going to come back and torture or whatever. Yeah. That That is not Berea. Berea was a monster. He was a monster because he was a rapist, disgusting, like fucking animal. And that is the reason that he was killed. And the idea, as you brought up, that, um, that the people knew this and did nothing about it is, again, disingenuous to the Soviet Union because the majority of crimes in the Soviet Union were not the kind of crimes that we have in the United States. They were either like what I would call ideological, so that of stealing state property, trying to run private enterprise, you know, to undercut, take state money. Black and, market. Yeah, black market stuff. Um, or it was, um, uh, drunk, there was quite a bit of people jailed for like drunken, um, disorderly type stuff, you know, breaking stuff, getting into fights, killing people. But one of the major 
um, reasons for jailing was was the exploitation of women, whether that be through rape or harassment or whatever it may be. Um, one of the big things that you'll hear quoted a lot when you talk about um, Stalin is that in World War II, when the Soviet Union sacked Berlin, they raped a crap ton of, uh, of German women. Um, and with the Americans did as well, which is never talked about. Nobody but, discusses that. Yeah. But the, you know, that is used as like, oh my God, Stalin was a monster. He knew about this and he was a monster and he allowed it to happen. Um, he did, he didn't know about it. And when he found out about it, he put something along the lines of 12,000 people in jail or executed. Right. And he executed every single one of the generals that allowed this to happen. Right. So to pretend like Stalin was like, cool, rape. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, no way. Like, no fucking way. Uh, he, he, he not only executed the people who committed the rapes, but he would jail people who were present for the rapes and didn't stop them. He would execute the officers who were in charge of the groups that were convicted of rapes because it was not just a matter of, I don't like this behavior. It's, I don't like people who will accept this behavior and that ideological struggle. Right. Yeah. 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 Because if you allow, let's say that, you know, one of your enlisted people rapes a woman, um, and you know about it, and you don't do shit about it, that means you tacitly agree with that behavior. Yeah, um, you have an institutional thing now on your hands. You know, right, exactly. institutional issue or cover-up or something. Exactly. Yeah. So, again, there is this theory that Stalin knew that Berea had done this and just let it slide because he was a war hero. I, I don't know if I buy that. It's it's I mean it's possible. Anything is possible. And it may be just a matter of like he wasn't sure, you know, his level of power and being able to depose Berea. However, uh, when he there was a hmm, sorry y'all, I don't remember the name. There was an individual who started to keep track of Berea's victims and he brought it to Stalin and was like Hey, yo, I'm keeping track of Berea's victims. Stalin was like, cool, I'm trying to undermine him as well. This is good news. Um, and so, he died. <laughs> and then he died. And and again, that may be another reason that Berea sure. moved against him, assuming that Berea did move against him. Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, that's super interesting. And there's, you know, it just, again, it just highlights that there are, you know, uh, two or three uh, or possibly more really pivotal scenes and events in this film that uh, just don't check out you know they yep. just don't just don't line up and basically all of them understood yeah I mean it's just uh, you know under 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 proper scrutiny uh, analysis they they just don't hold up and the film suffers for it and uh that's but that's that's why we do the podcast and still gets a ninety four ninety six on Rotten Tomatoes because they can make Stalin look like look bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even as a film, I just I, I I don't like putting like separating our politics. Like I I I just don't understand. Like even as as a as a person who just loves to see movies, like. I don't get the high praise for it. It, it well, it, I think I think a lot of it has to do with it makes probably it's like a how a, bold a, they I, were. I, well, and I think it's, <laughs> and, and I think it just makes like people who cri- are, are are critical of the film 
or are supposed to critique the film and praise it, um, it it probably makes them feel as if they have some great understanding of the context as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess so, it's one big giant. It is just confirmation a, bias. Yeah, and it's just kind of like. I understand everything going on in this film. And it checks out. Galaxy you know, like, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> accurate to a T. <laughs> yeah. So what? What? Uh, what's next in the movie? After well, I I mean that's pretty much. Uh, I think we're coming to the end of it because uh, um, Berea is, is is shot and killed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which again was like almost six months. Not yeah. quite, but almost six he, months. He was five months in jail, had a trial, and then was executed. So he wasn't drug out back with a show trial and then shot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, there's there's the funeral um, in yeah. the, like, 1500 Soviet citizens shot outside Moscow. None of that. None of that is real. Nope. Um, at, you know, as a quick aside, you know, one of the minor parts in the movie, but it's kind of portrayed, like, again, as... Um, well, actually, I'll tie it into two different points. So there's one point at which I can't remember who in the movie is talking about, like, not wanting to, to. I think it was implicate, um, I think it was when they were trying to implicate Berea, um, and they were trying to defend Stalin. Somebody, I can't remember who it was. I might have been. Molotov. No, it might have been uh, McCoyan or somebody. Um, but they, you know, they said something, and. And uh, Khrushchev said, uh, but he jailed your brother. And this is another thing that we look at from a Western perspective right. as like a negative thing. Oh, my gosh. Like, how the hell could you, like, respect somebody who jailed your brother? But that's because we look at things from a, like a nepotistic perspective where we're, we think that bureaucrats or, or politicians are, you know, their families are safe. They're blah, 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 blah. And in the Soviet Union, that wasn't true. If you right. committed a crime, if you, you know, were in some way, you know, undermining the socialist project, then you were at fault. And so if his brother got jailed, he probably deserved to be jailed. And the fact that he's still on the Politburo means that he believed that his brother was supposed to be jailed. Right. And so using that as an excuse for like why you would want to oppose Stalin, to me, is absurd. Yeah. And, and, then, uh, and then moving on from that, we can get to uh, Polina, who was Molotov's wife. Yeah, yeah. that's and, what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and I don't have anything really critical to say about Polina. Uh, she was, you know, we're talking about feminism. She was put in charge of the head of agriculture for 10 years, almost eight or 10 years. So again, like they're all men, you know, doing all the major projects. That is is false. Polina was in, was in charge of that. Um, and what happened was in the end of the 40s, um, she was Jewish, and she started campaigning to um, annex Crimea for the displaced Jews. Basically, like a uh, almost like a, a Jewish Jewish ethno state in the same way that Israel was, right? For and broader Europe. And so, again, we can critique whether this is right or wrong. It is really inconsequential to the story, but um, she was campaigning for this. And um, and at the time at which the Soviet Union was, was trying to recover from 20, close to 20 million deaths within its population uh, after World War II at the hands of Adolf Hitler. And 
Stalin was trying to argue that we can't, they can't afford to give up resources or land or whatever because they need these people, they need these resources, and to allow a, uh, a mass um, um, exodus of what would turn out to be European Jews into the Soviet Union would be you know, a, uh, a detriment to, to the Union that would cause it to kind of implode from the inside. Again, I'm not going to argue whether that's right or wrong. It doesn't really matter. But that is why Polina was arrested. And she was sent into internal exile um, in the Soviet Union. She, in the movie, they make it, she's in the same dungeon that that other person <laughs> was being like uh, beaten and tortured in. And that was never the case. She was uh, working at a labor camp. Uh, she was not un- in tortured or, or molested in any way at the hands of the state. Um, and after, uh, you know, after she was freed, you know, they, they released her or whatever, um, which was, that was accurate. Um, it was part of Zukov's, he went in and uh, released a lot of the people that were jailed from the military for being fascist um, or revisionist. So he went in and released a lot of them. He also released all the other people. He released Polina as part of that. And when she was released, uh, her first question is, how, how is Comrade Stalin? So uh, despite... Yeah, which they kind of that portray, but they accurate. make it seem like she's cucked, right? Like, right. <laughs> not not like she has a genuine. You know what? I understand why I'm here. You know, whether she agrees or not is not addressed in anything I've found. But the idea that like she's just too stupid again is an anti-feminist uh, portrayal. Yeah, that's the second woman who was like seen as like subject to the great man Stalin, yeah. right? Like Dr. Suck Suck or Lady Suck Suck and, and Paulina, like they both, uh, they both were like, Oh yes, I fawn over and love our great leader. Right. Right. And, and so she was, uh, released. That was her first thing they asked. She said, how is comrade Stalin? And they said he has died and she fainted. That was the first thing that happened after you know, she came to, she went out and she lived until the mid seventies and both her and her husband Molotov, um, they would spend the entire rest of their lives defending Stalin and saying how these revisionist things that were being installed by Khrushchev and Brezhnev were wrong and that they needed to go back to the policies of true socialism, what they saw as true socialism that Stalin had installed. So she outlived Molotov then, because yeah, Molotov yeah. was executed Molotov. by Khrushchev. By right? Khrushchev, yeah, yeah, that's true. So, but both of them, till the end of their lives, would defend Stalin. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I I read that too because I didn't know a whole lot about her, uh, and and so I did some research uh, after the film and and I don't remember the source, but I I read that as well. I came across that too, so I'm I'm super glad you mentioned that. Um, but I I you know that that may be it. Is there anything? Uh, I mean, you know, the very end is, I guess, uh, if you could give some background or some context on that, the very end, I, I think it shows um, Khrushchev sitting there. and Yeah, it's, Bre- it's uh, Brezhnev, leave, le- like, leaning over, like, looking down. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, like he's about Bre- to then outmaneuver Khrushchev as, as he did. They make it seem like Brezhnev overthrew Khrushchev, which is also false. It's sort of. I mean, he did 
It was the entire... It was many, many years yeah. later. But it, was, it wasn't just him trying to maneuver right. out of Khrushchev. Right. It was Khrushchev that was... They tried to shut Khrushchev down multiple times. Yes. And finally... Molotov tried to shut right. Khrushchev down. And finally they accomplished that. But it wasn't like one man that took down Khrushchev. Right. It was the entire block. However, the, Brezhnev was much closer to the idea of like the I am a Soviet bureaucrat who has more than everyone else. Yes, that is true. Brezhnev was way closer to that than anybody in this movie. Sure. Because, because Stalin wouldn't allow it. Like yeah. Stalin would not allow bureaucrats to be right. hyper wealthy, have access to resources that everyone else didn't. Like that was not a thing that happened under Stalin. Even though they portray him as this tea drinking, yeah. like hey, uh, living in the mansion, film. <laughs> in my mansion, yeah. right? Like none of that, none of that was real. Right. Uh, but but Brezhnev was pretty close to and that. As a quick aside, his his children, uh, while they're some of the Vaseline was kind of a fuck up. For sure. Right. But the idea that they were both like spoiled babies is yeah. is entirely false. Stalin was well known for being extremely yeah. harsh on his children. Yeah. And so this idea it that was like, more like other people were trying to impress Stalin by being by nice, being nice to, to his, son. his children, yeah. which didn't help because Stalin didn't give a fuck about his right. kids. <laughs> and the, <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a critique of Stalin. Well um, sort of, but like again, like I think uh People who are in power, who respect their own family over the average person, yeah. are worse human it's beings. It's a very bourgeois idea. Yeah, it's a yeah. very bourgeois. It's nepotism and, and, yeah. and whatever. Uh, you know, his family oldest, first. His oldest thing. son was captured by the Nazis, right? Yep. Uh, and this is one of the like major critiques of Stalin is that his oldest son was captured by the Nazis. And they were like, yo, we'll let your son go if you give us some Nazi prisoners of war. And he was like, fuck y'all. And his oldest son died in prison. And people are like, what a monster. How could he do that to his own son? But ideologically, that's a beautiful thing, that's right? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep fascists in my prison at the risk of my own son. Yeah. Right? And, if, and, and as another, like, a stab at the anti-feminism in this movie... His, his daughter was portrayed as this like crumpet yeah. eating tea drinking fainting. Yeah, yeah fainting weak uh human in the movie the only strong female lead in the movie is the christian liberal the, yeah the pianist yeah mm-hmm. who who literally probably didn't exist and if well, she did she did oh exist. she did exist she that's did right exist. that's right and stalin but, yeah stalin did like her uh piano her, her piano that's, that's real but but like that's this the film is oh, it's very anti-woman it's 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 anti-feminist it's it's uh, homophobic For sure. and you know you can't i don't care what movie you're you play or portray or comedy or whatever you can't make homophobic jokes okay like that's never okay yeah. and they tried they did it four or five times in the film sure and, and it's fucking it is 2018 <laughs> come on get woke <laughs> Absolutely, yep. and and I guess like going back to um, just to, to kind of briefly retouch on 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 the uh, my historical inaccuracy. I uh, 
I, I don't remember who it was who, who made the, the Dr. Suck Suck, or uh, it, I believe it was either Beria or Malenkov, and if it was Beria, then, then it I... It was Beria. I suppose, okay, then then uh, what y'all just said of, uh, about uh, him being a, 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 a rapist and possible pedophile, then I, uh, I suppose that unfortunately makes sense. Yeah. But that's what I I'm mean, saying. You can't, possible, you can't make those jokes. It's possible that it's like, you know, you're trying to make one person look like a monster. But you can't make humor out of it. If you make right. humor out of it, it's no longer right. okay. And then the, the skinny Hitler yeah. after like right. after coding this person as, as gay, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I've got some swatches here, right? Like that's, that's like fucking uh, Father of the Bride, <laughs> like 90s, uh, was it Martin Short? Yeah. Is the, yeah, Martin Short, the wedding core. Like that's the same coding that they used in 2018 for the funeral director. Like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm slightly effeminate, and I'm going to talk in a you know whatever. Like that's you are you are coding this person as gay, and then you call them skinny Hitler. Mm-hmm. Like you're being homophobic, and that's not it's not the same as like making Berea homophobic or making Berea a misogynist, which he obviously almost certainly was but right. I, I don't know anyway <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's uh all great points and and i think uh we've been as as you know critical as necessary of this Absolutely. thing and, i think it's our yeah, yeah, I'm, this I'm glad we have, <laughs> uh, um i think it's our most uh critical obviously like like i don't uh, the the subject material is is just opened itself up but uh i I think this is one of the the best uh dissections of of uh critiques that uh uh, dissections and critiques rather that that we've done on a film and uh that's that's largely uh thanks to to y'all and and yeah we just sat back and 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 let y'all just teach us (laughs) us i learned i learned a ton of shit so uh, i'm like taking notes and stuff so these statistics so the the wealth of fucking knowledge and and this is this has been absolutely great um so i i guess the uh the one last thing that that we would like to uh get to it it, it's going to be interesting is to uh get get y'all's um rating of the film um i'm (laughs) going and and i'm i'm already um positive it's going to be a resounding no but uh (laughs) would you watch it again you made me watch it too many times i've watched it three times you watch it too many times yeah you made me watch (laughs) when once was already too much yes it was in fact like trying to watch it once was hard in and of itself i I tweeted anger at you five minutes into the movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah the, the the tweet that i uh my 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 sincerest apology uh, tweet was was uh about the same same length into it and uh i like i said but the first note that i took like not even five minutes in was starting off with some bullshit (laughs) it 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 really did and and it just went downhill from there yeah again if i were a know-nothing liberal fine enough sure but okay uh, so so let's rate it let's rate it all right What's our what's our rating? You'll yeah. see individual. I'm gonna give it two thumbs down. No, no. <laughs> Jordan Peterson yeah. has made way too many appearances on our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't even made his bed. 
Oh, yeah, I was going to oh, say, don't, doesn't he have a, a room to clean? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> okay. I don't clean my own room. Jeremy? What? Uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, I'll, give, so, it, I'll so, give it a solid two stars for wow, its like wow, that's wow, that's, wow. I'm, I'm being generous here. <laughs> yeah, you the are. acting is solid. There's some good physical comedy. The pacing is, that's is actually pretty good. good yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give it two stars. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is hard. I'll, I'll give it. <laughs> I'll give it one star because the mm-hmm. actors did their job well. The. Uh, <laughs> the the directing uh, I think I think was decent, but the historical inaccuracies and the writing, the homophobia and sexism in it, just uh, almost almost warrants it a negative star. Yeah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, so I'll give it one star, and to finish up with like I guess a thought piece, I suppose. Yeah, do it. <laughs> um. I guess that's what's good about these, like, especially your guys' podcast is having some kind of analysis on media in which you look at, especially with, if we're going to talk about the USSR or the DPRK or anything, having this, like, Orientalist, like, point of view. Orientalist? Yeah, Orientalist. Can you say that one more time? Orientalist. Orientalist. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, If we have that, we have to understand that we're when you consume this kind of media and like publicly like make it like make it sound like it's better than it is, you're demonizing millions of people. Right. And you're also, I don't know, the violence held against them by your own country, especially in the West is, I don't know. It's, we need to watch how we're, it's pushing imperialism in a subtle, subtle way. Yeah. We need to watch the kind of, tropes that we're accepting especially within sure. our own media and, yeah and the, and the actions that then justifies the propaganda justifies after yeah. that that's legit. yeah exactly that's legit that was a good take yeah yep. absolutely Ooh. yeah so okay. i give Spicy. it like one star because of the architecture Spicy. and that single Spicy. dog that was in there comrade doggo good as fuck um all dogs are comrades you know i don't know how to follow that up i should have gone before i like or before Ooh, Ezra, Ezra did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was. Uh, I would give that a um, a point five star <laughs> out, of, out of five. That's even less um, generous. Really. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. So if, again, if we're looking at it from the perspective of just complete cinema, maybe one star because the acting was good. The roles they were given were garbage. Um, the writing was just a serious, like I said, it, it was like a, it was like an anti-Soviet propaganda film when there's no need for an anti-Soviet You're propaganda right. film anymore because the Soviet Union has been dead for 20 years. Liberals, liberals don't know that. They still think they Russia think is Russia, the Soviet yeah. Union. True. It's almost. Not, they also think Trump is the Soviet Union. 30 years. God, I know you shouldn't cry, yeah. but um, yeah, so. Confused the right now. <laughs> the is yours alone. Um, okay, so yeah, that's that's my take on that. Um, garbage. Yeah. I would never watch it again. It, please don't make please me don't make me watch it again. Like, if I if I were in like some sort of like uh, capitalist torture camp or something like like Guantanamo or something, and if if like they just played that movie over and over again in my cell, I would have to hang myself. Oh. Sad. Sad. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think solely on the base, I almost feel like I have to give it like two ratings because there's like a, there's the obvious like one star or something, right, for the content and everything. But um, there were scenes that I was pretty, l- I got, I got kind of a. Uh, uh, really drawn in and kind of lost in the in some of the acting, um, and and I think it looked really good. I, I'll give it, uh, I'll give it three just to be nice, yeah. you know, just to be nice yeah. to the to the uh, to the to Steve Buscemi and and, and his uh, really getting after it, but. Um, that's as a film. I well, mean, he decided to take that shit. We can't. <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was like, I'm going to star in this. And I'm going to own it. But he did. He did. I mean, I, I loved him. I, yeah. I wouldn't watch it again, but if I like, uh, you know, that would be what I would focus on if I had to. But I yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a, a, a two and a half. Yeah, I, that's fair. It, it, two and a half. Whoa. Wow. Oh That's extremely. Is it 2.5 out of 10? Yeah, or 2.5 out of 25? <laughs> what are you doing here? 2.5 out of 100, maybe? <laughs> Just we, uh, yeah, we grade on a, on a 10 point scale. So, uh, oh. Okay. Uh, uh, two, and, two and a half is a, is a sweet, sweet soft spot between um, what, what y'all said and, and, and what Mike said. And, it, uh, it it was a lot to, to get. You're like that one on Let's Make a Deal that's like five dollars and two cents. <laughs> <laughs> just so just so he can be the one that's like not executed by <laughs> by Stalin yeah. in, the, in the in the gulag of the Great Purge. Oh, God. Absolutely. Well, um, we really appreciate y'all coming on. This has been this has been fucking fantastic. Uh, Again, y'all, y'all are just a, a, a wealth of knowledge, and that, that seemingly never ends. And, and this has been just one of the, um, I, we we just learned so much, and uh, we we really appreciate y'all agreeing to to come on and and uh, help us talk about this film. Heck yeah, we love being here, always. Yep. Thank y'all so much, and uh, do you want to take a second to uh, just talk about? Your podcast, uh, I'm for yeah. yeah just like tell us what you seconds. tell us. Like literally a ten uh, second plug. We it we basically get progressively more drunk as the yeah. episode goes so on. The the goal for it was <laughs> so like when we first formed as like a political group, we basically did so just by going to bars and fucking bullshitting with each other because it was like the one time we could talk to anybody about any sort of like truly left leaning politics. And we would just, like, sit at a table, get fucking hammered, and then, like, talk about really in-depth things and just learn from each other. So we wanted to bring that in, like, podcast form. Right. So the goal is literally that. Just get fucking hammered and bullshit about we, we try to politics pick, like, and here, jokes. Here's one person or two people who are going to be subject matter experts. Yeah. And then we just... Sometimes it gets really difficult. Oh, get, man. <laughs> it gets wild sometimes. Uh, it, 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 we seem a lot smarter than we are because there's like an army of us. And so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we individually, we each know like two things. Right. But we just tag team off each other to make it seem like we're real smart. Right. That's awesome. I, I I really don't understand how how such like a just a a, a plethora of, of of y'all are, are just concentrated in, in in one one area. It y'all are just like all of y'all just have such uh, unique and and uh, just 
not known to, to a lot of folks' knowledge, and uh, to, to for all of y'all to be concentrated in in, in one place and and be able to make a, a a podcast that's not only like informative as hell, but just genuinely. Uh, Drunk banner is great banner to me. So. <laughs> to, to be fair, though, Justin's editing makes us sound way smarter oh, than any of so us much. actually are. <laughs> well, and, and also, like, if, if, if y'all want to be on our podcast and talk yes. about, like, a history of, like, leftist films, that'd be rad as hell. Oh, yes, that's, good. As that's good. good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do y'all have coming up with Brett? That's, uh, that's kind of... Oh, yeah. So, Brett, uh, Brett from uh, Rev Left Radio, um, which is probably the... Out of the three podcasts we are currently discussing, the most popular. Um, he's, uh, he's he's talking about the Cultural Revolution and Mao. Ethan um, does also talk about the Great Leap Forward and the Great Leap yeah. Forward. Yeah, Ethan. So if you if you enjoyed Cybersyn and the Soviet space program, Ethan was our dude on that one, um, and he's he's got uh, the Cultural Revolution. Or, or Sweet, yeah, that that's fucking great. I I I uh, I. I kind of find myself being a Maoist these days anyway so uh nice. that uh that all sounds you'll love this one because we we do um uh, push back on Brad a little bit so yeah. it's, it's cool. a good it's a good episode all right sounds great uh I thought communists were a hive mind yeah well, there's no agrees. dissension it's all the party like unanimous right everybody yeah. raise <laughs> your hands raise your hands yeah. <laughs> uh yeah I, I, well, I'm excited to hear that I consider myself to be Predominantly a Marxist-Leninist, but uh, I do I, I find myself interested in some of Mao's. Yeah, Marx, uh, Marxist-Leninists and Maoists get along really well. <laughs> generally, like, generally. Yeah. <laughs> there are just some things I haven't explored that are you know strategic or you know just just uh, really interesting uh, about Mao. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, Great. But again, thank you all so much for your time and uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. And we will uh, we will uh, tune in to, to, to that. And uh, thanks everybody out there for, uh, for for all the listeners for tuning into this. And um, and we are signing off. All right. All right. Bye. In solidarity. Bye. <laughs> Bye. In solidarity, comrades. Solidarity.